and I like to read now. Wait. How am I supposed to pronounce it? Tiffany Talks. What's up? You're listening to Tiffany Talks. I am back. (sighs) Y'all, life was out here life and what can I say? I apologize. I'm here now. Isn't that all that matters? Sure, that's all that matters. Let's go with that. I believe that's all that matters. Anywho, I have got a jam-packed show for you today, partially because I've been gone, partially just because... I haven't been able to run my mouth. So you're going to hear me run my mouth. We're going to have a couple of family conversations as we do. It's Throwback Thursday. So I'm going to introduce a new segment in the second hour of the show. You don't want to miss that. Um, But I've got a lot to talk about today. I cannot wait to hit everything. Um, Also today, uh, Marcus Garvey, the political activist, uh, who I'll tell you a little bit about, he died today. Uh, It's June 10th. He died June 10th, 1940. He was a Jamaican-born political activist. For those who don't know who Marcus Garvey is, he was a Black nationalist and separatist. He clashed with W.E.B. Du Bois and NAACP and all of the other folks who essentially, way back in the day, wanted to assimilate. I hate using that word for some of those people, but essentially they wanted to build up the Black power, economic wealth, you know, influence all that other stuff within the predominantly white economic structure that we, of course, know still exists today. Uh, And Garvey did not want to do that. He believed that we as black people um, should he wanted to empower the black identity. He believed in the separatist thought and he believed in black power, essentially. Um, And so he rose to influence uh, after he uh, came here from Jamaica in, I believe, 1916, if I'm not mistaken. And he I have a couple of quotes from him that I think are really empowering. Um, And so I wanted to honor his uh, death today by giving you some of these quotes. One quote says, emancipate yourselves from mental slavery. None but ourselves can free our minds. Uh, And then the second one I wanted to talk about briefly was a people without the knowledge of their past history, origin and culture is like a tree without roots. Um, I have been joining some genealogy calls with my uh, one side of my family. And y'all, when I tell you, it's been so empowering and so amazing to hear the stories of my ancestors um, and my relatives even today. I I cannot encourage you enough to learn your roots, Um, regardless of the pain, the trauma, regardless of your race, ethnicity, whatever, learn your roots so that you can acknowledge, accept, do what, do what you need to do with the information, break generational curses, exchange them for generational blessings, do the work that is needed. Um, and also do the work to emancipate your mind. As Garvey said, you have the power to liberate yourself. 
um, and liberate your mind and liberate your body. And you'll be a ama- you'll be amazed how much those two are interconnected. Um, so work on that. That's that's all I'm saying. So thank you, Marcus Garvey, for your work. Uh, he did lose a bit of influence. He was convicted of some bad business dealings and mail fraud. And then he served a partial uh, prison sentence and um, was then deported. So that's Marcus Garvey in a nutshell. In other news, it was Prince's birthday this week and I was not on air that day, so I missed it. But happy belated birthday to Prince. We still miss you. Uh, and in honor of Prince, I'm going to play a little bit of music during the music break. I've got plenty more coming up for you. Um, we'll talk about the confirmation hearing for the 49-year-old attorney and daughter of Indian immigrants. Um, <laughs> y'all, it's just a lot going on in the Senate. So we'll talk a little bit about that. I want to talk to you about uh, Tiffany Haddish a little bit later in the show. And we will also talk about some new music that came out. And uh, I, I just, I got a ton of stuff to talk to you about. Okay, so, and Tyler Perry's coming back. So we're definitely going to talk about that. So you want to make sure you keep a lock right here for the next two hours. And then even after me, you want to listen to Unmuted Nation from 1 to 3 p.m. Uh, if you are listening to the podcast version of this, you won't hear the music. Sorry, can't do that. But that means you just need to listen live if you want to jam out with us uh, as we play all the wonderful music. So keep it locked. I'll be right back. Tiffany Talks. Welcome back to Tiffany Talks. It is Tiffany Linnell. Thank you so much for joining me today. As I mentioned, I've got quite a bit to talk to you about because I've been gone for so long. So good old Senate is at it again. (laughs) (sighs) 49-year-old attorney and daughter of Indian immigrants, Karan Ahuja. I hope I'm saying that name right. I believe I am. Um, She is up for confirmation to serve as the, uh, I think it's the chief director for the personnel department. Um, And she actually has just had her confirmation held up by Senator Josh Hawley. Why is he trying to hold it up? Well, because, and yes, it's Office of Personnel Management. He's trying to hold it up along with some other Republicans because of her views on critical race theory and abortion. You cannot make this up. So if you have missed all of the hoopla, uh, critical race theory has come under fire in certain states and with a lot of Republicans recently because critical race theory, which is a whole other family conversation, that's a whole different show that we will discuss, just not today, because whole other show. Critical race theory acknowledges and teaches the principles of systemic racism in this country. There are plenty of books, plenty of literature, plenty of things, again, a whole different conversation. There are a few states that have banned or counties, municipalities that have banned uh, the teaching and the education of critical race theory. Now they're trying to use it to hold up her nomination. 
she is, like I said, a 49 year old attorney, a daughter of immigrants. She did serve under the Obama administration in the personnel department. In the interim, she served as the chief executive of philanthropy for nonprofit Philanthropy Northwest. She would be the head of the Office of Personnel Management, which essentially has its hand in the entire federal workforce under the Biden administration. She would have uh, some say so in the content and implementation of uh, DEI uh, training, diversity and equity and inclusion. Um, she would also have her hand in the largest employer employer-sponsored health program in the country. The Republicans are using her stance on critical race theory and the Hyde, uh, Hyde Amendment, which I'll go over in a moment. And they're essentially trying to use that as a reason to hold up her nomination. So they're saying that her views, which I'll read a quote from her, uh, when she was asked if she considered the United States to be systematically racist, she responded, I'm a big believer that we seek to ensure that everyone has an equal opportunity. I understand and appreciate the historical challenges many individuals have experienced based on their race and ethnicity. When she was questioned about the Hyde Amendment, which Biden supported by overturning the legislation, uh, she said the Hyde Amendment is the law of the land and I will follow the law, period. She didn't say period. I'm adding the period, but... I feel like that's implied in her statement, period. Um, if you don't know, the Hyde Amendment is basically a provision barring the use of federal funds to pay for abortion, except to save the life of the woman or if the pregnancy arises from incest or rape. It took effect in 1980, and before it took effect, an estimated 300,000 abortions were performed annually using taxpayer funds. It's a whole, again, that's a whole other conversation. Um, but uh, Biden supported it. Ahuja was questioned about it. So they're using her stance on critical race theory and her stance on the Hyde Amendment to try and use this to prevent her confirmation. This is ridiculous. First of all, I know I said we're going to have a whole other family conversation on um, critical race theory and we will. But the idea that, first of all, what is, I know, I, I get that they're trying to use this to prevent her nomination to personnel, office management, and, you know, they feel like the critical race theory. First of all, I don't understand why everyone has, not everyone, I don't understand why anyone has a hard time accepting critical race theory. America, KKK implied in that America has shown itself to have systemic racism. Why is this even a question anymore? Why are you even trying to use this as a way to say, oh, she shouldn't be over the Office of Personnel Management under the Biden administration? This is not up for debate. America has a racism problem, period. It, it's just not up for debate. And to imply that it is, is to imply that it's just stupid. <laughs> I'm not even gonna go through the implications. It's just stupid and ridiculous. Like, we have a race problem. Look at what has happened over the last, uh, we could look at the last year alone. 
We have a race problem. We have a police problem. We have a racism problem. We have a, a we have a problem. We got a lot of problems. I'm gonna talk about, you know, California's reversal, the judge's reversal on assault ban rifles and all of that. We got some problems in this country and I don't understand why it is so difficult to accept. This goes uh, into the conversation, different topic, however, still politics. This goes into the whole uh, prevention of the commission on the January 6th insurrection that it was. That was domestic terrorism at its best, literally, like exhibit A through F right then and there. It has been proven. It has been shown. We have facts, documentation, receipts, if you will, to show that the January 6th incident, insurrection, domestic terrorist act was, it was planned. It was a planned thing in this country. Never mind the fact that millions of people still voted for 45, despite his divisiveness, despite his racist, bigoted words and behavior, despite everything he did, over 70 million people, I believe it was 70, over 74 million people still voted for that asshat to have another four years in office. And he's still spewing his lies about how he's gonna be back in office by September. He had some whack-ass blog that ended up failing. Like, we have a problem in this country. I don't understand what else it's gonna take to acknowledge that we have a problem in this country. We have a problem, we have a lot of problems. I don't have time to go through the list of problems in this country, but it's lengthy. The, the racism in the roots of this country is prevalent. The blood, sweat, and tears in the dirt of this country, in the buildings of this country is there, it's present. Stop teaching BS in these classrooms. Stop blocking actual education because we've already, y'all have already heard me talk about our education system. So I won't even go into that right now but we need to be teaching our actual history. I mentioned in the top of this show, the quote from Marcus Garvey about having, really needing to know your origin, your roots, your culture. That is so key. It's so key. I think it's absolutely ridiculous that they are blocking this. Um, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is uh, expected to step in and take some additional procedural steps in order to advance Ahuja's nomination to get her through. There are still quite a few offices under the Biden administration that are missing leadership. Yes, it's six months into his administration. Yes, there have been some hurdles. He's trying to undo a lot of damage. We talked about this before the Biden-Harris administration even got into office, that they were going to have to spend a good amount of time undoing the, the damage that Trump's administration did. First steps were coronavirus. We have now, at least in the state of Georgia, been able to close um, or let in some of our mass vaccine sites because the vaccination numbers were so high. They rolled it out really well um, and we were able to get a lot of coverage very quickly. I don't know why the Trump administration wasn't able to do that, but I'm gonna mind my business. Um, but they're trying to undo a lot of damage. So we need this to go through. Um, and I hope that, I'm sure he will, but I, I hope that Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is able to um, get that done. 
I have a lot more show coming up for you. You don't want to miss it. Um, I'm still gonna talk about Tiffany Haddish in this Flojo film. Uh, we're gonna talk about Tyler Perry and Disney Disney's $100 sandwich. Uh, and then I have the new segment for you in the second hour. So you don't wanna miss it. And then I promise I'll end today with a happy story so that you're not walking away just as mad as I am every day. <laughs> so I have more show coming up for you. Don't miss it. I'll be right back. Tiffany Talks. Welcome back to Tiffany Talks. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, so the Senate has confirmed Julian Niels to the federal bench. Julian Niels was approved for the U.S. District Court of New Jersey following a 66 to 33 vote on Tuesday. He is the first of President Biden's nominees to be confirmed. So there are uh, five more vacancies that have to be filled. If you missed it, Trump did a huge, Trump administration rather, I won't say that that asshat did it himself. Uh, but Trump's administration confirmed 230 judges or appointed more than 230 judges to federal courts, um, which shifted the judiciary and the Supreme Court to the right. He essentially did a huge, dump into the judiciary system to try and get it to the right before he got out of office. Um, this left 71 vacancies in district courts and nine vacancies in appeals court. So they're trying to, the Dems are trying to shift that power back a little bit and try and create some more balance because it's a huge issue. Um, Niels was actually unanimously rated as a well-qualified uh, candidate for the position by the American Bar Association, which is a big deal. He was nominated in 2015 by uh, President Obama, but because the Senate was Republican controlled at the time, his confirmation stalled at the time. So now he is confirmed under the Biden administration. Uh, Biden has already uh, nominated three candidates for five of those vacant seats in the New Jersey Federal District Court. Um, and they're preparing to, the Dems are preparing to confirm more nominees, hopefully in the coming weeks. Um, this is good news, especially when it comes to, if you're wondering how this impacts you or how all of these judges being nominated and appointed and all that, which that number is, ex the number of vacancies is expected to go up as um, more judges retire and more spots are open because there is no term on judgeship, you know, governors, mayors, all of that. They have terms, judges don't have terms. They pretty much stay in there until they pass or they retire. Uh, how does this impact you? It impacts you because of decisions like what uh, U.S. District Judge Roger Benitez just did in California. Uh, Judge Benitez, I don't know if I'm saying that right. And based on this decision, I don't care. Um, the judge deemed the 32-year-old California assault weapons ban unconstitutional. Now, maybe it's me. All of the mass shootings, the domestic terrorism, the violence, especially that there's been an uptick since 
America started reopening, states started reopening. Why would you reverse a 32 year old assault weapons ban in a 94 page decision? What, what were you thinking? Um, he was nominated in 2004 by President George W. Bush, and he was vehemently opposed by the American Bar Association. So remember I said Neil was unanimously supported by the American Bar Association. Benitez was actually opposed by the American Bar Association, though the Senate confirmed him in a 98 to one vote. 98 to one. This ruling came from a 2019 lawsuit filed by James Miller and the San Diego County gun owners who alleged that the 1989 ban violates their second amendment rights. Why do you need an assault weapon? Why? Things like the AR-15 that the judge likened to a Swiss army knife. No. You don't need that on the streets. That, that, what do you need that for? You, you just don't need that. He claimed in his, again, 94 page decision, yes, that is abnormal and ridiculous. Um, he claimed that studies prove that the harm of an assault rifle being used in a mass shooting is <laughs> infinitesimally rare. That's a quote. He also affirmed that more people have died from COVID-19 vaccine than mass shootings in California. That is simply not true. This is what we call a lie, ladies and gentlemen, family. Uh, this is a lie, bold-faced lie. There's absolutely no evidence to back up these claims. None whatsoever at all, period. California has had more than a dozen mass shootings this year alone. Since 2017, more than 50 people have died from mass shootings in the state, and the CDC has investigated 4,900 reports of post-vaccine deaths, unable to find a link. So what are you talking about? Um, he cited an emergency room physician's testimony saying that injuries from AR-15s are no different than other legal firearms, blah, blah, blah. That does not mean you can liken it to a Swiss army knife. If, if you don't know what a Swiss army knife is, you remember those little things that your uncle or your granddaddy used to pull out of his pocket and it had like a bunch of, you know, little doodads on it. I cannot believe I just said doodads. What an old word, but y'all know what I'm talking about. It had all the little things on it and it had a, a little knife on there. That's what he's talking about. That is not the same as an AR-15. I don't even know how you could possibly liken the two together. Like, how does that make sense? <sighs> he enacted a 30-day stay uh, so that Attorney General Rob Bonta can file an appeal, but the current ban will stay in place until the appeals court hands down the final ruling to the entire state. I, this is a problem. So when you are, are wondering, you know, why does it matter if Trump got 230 judges appointed before he left office? This is why. This is why decisions like that matter. We talked about this, I believe, before uh, he left office. But it's decisions like this why it matters. You cannot do this. We have. I talked about the problems earlier in the show. This is one of the problems. We have a problem with assault weapons being on the streets. Second Amendment rights, not Second Amendment rights. And I'm not saying I disagree with Second Amendment rights. I think that you should have your Second Amendment right. Everyone 
is entitled to their Second Amendment rights. I just believe that certain weapons don't need to be available to the public, and I think assault weapons is one of them. You don't need that. You just don't. There's nothing, nothing in me that says that you need this. Anyway, um, in a little bit lighter news, Nigeria has ordered uh, Twitter be no longer regarded as a news source. Uh, the National Broadcasting Commission released on Monday that all of Nigeria's broadcasting stations should suspend their use of Twitter, including TV and radio platforms across the country. This came after Twitter deleted President Bahari's tweet about punishing secessionists in the southeastern part of the country, and the Nigerian government cited that the social media site's so-called attempts to, quote, undermine its corporate existence as a reason for the suspension. Nigeria has banned its citizens from using the app, and uh, the Nigerians found a loophole to Twitter's dismissal. They started using VPNs and alternative platforms to bypass the domain restrictions, and when the Nigerian government discovered that many disregarded the orders, the Attorney General and the Minister of Justice issued a decree saying Malami directed the director of public, Malami is the uh, minister of justice. Malami directed the director of public prosecution of the Federation at the office of the attorney general of the Federation and minister of justice to swing into action and commence in earnest the process of prosecution of violators of the federal government deactivation of operations of Twitter in Nigeria. Yes, they are going to arrest people, prosecute and arrest Nigerians if you use Twitter in the country. You cannot make this up. Um, I, I got nothing, nothing. They haven't said how long the ban will last, which tells me they probably intend for it to be indefinite. Um, and the spokesperson says that they only impose the Twitter ban to reduce misinformation and fake news. Well, if I'm not mistaken, Twitter's already done a bit of that, so I don't think that's needed, but what do I know? Again, I'm, I'm a be black and mind my business, um, but I hope that they take this ban off and don't prosecute and arrest people. We got bigger things to, to worry about. I got a lot more show coming up for you. Don't want to miss it, so keep it locked. Tiffany Talks. What's up? If you missed the first hour of the show, you definitely want to uh, go ahead and go to Apple or Spotify, whichever one you use, and hit subscribe, follow, so that you can be alerted to new episodes and you can catch up on today's episode if you missed the first hour. Or if you have to miss any of the second hour, then it'll be on there as well. So you want to check that out. Also, uh, hit me up on social media if you want to talk about or have comments on any of the things that I discussed in the first hour or am about to discuss in the second hour of the show at Tifflanel everywhere, T-I-F-F-L-A-N-E-L-L-E. Hit me up. So Tiffany Haddish, I'm going to keep commentary outside of the story to a minimum. However, uh, Tiffany Haddish is now signed on to be a producer 
creative consultant and lead, basically, for the story on Flojo. She has signed to uh, star as the iconic fastest woman in the world record Olympian Florence Griffith Joyner, a.k.a. Flojo. She's partnered with sports content production company Game One. She'll work with them to tell her story, essentially. Um, She was quoted to say, I was inspired by Flojo, who was a wonderful track athlete, an amazing athlete growing up. Her outfits were always amazing. And so this year we thought of what can we do to keep elevating Serena Williams on the court? The Nike team actually thought of this design with inspiration from Flojo. And I thought, oh my God, this is brilliant. Um, She says she's dedicated and focused and committed to portraying the spirit of Florence accurately. And I hope that this film touches all who see it and inspires people to be the change the world so desperately needs right now. The only non comedic thing that I have seen Tiffany Haddish in was the Madam. I'm not saying she hasn't done anything else. It's the only thing I personally have seen is the role that she played as Madam CJ Walker's um, daughter in the uh, in Netflix series. And even then she brought a little bit of herself to that. So there were like comedic moments kind of. I don't know. Anyway, I'm gonna be honest, I kind of feel a way about this. I'm gonna give it a chance because I love Flojo. I love everything she stood for. Um, She died very young at 38 after suffering an epileptic seizure in 1998 in her sleep. Um, I think her story should be told. I'm just not sure it should be told by Tiffany Haddish. But I'm open to giving people a chance. Um, As much as I don't, I've heard Kevin Hart's last stand-up comedy show was not funny. His comedy special that came out was not funny. I'm gonna be honest, I didn't even give it a chance, so I can't speak to whether it was or wasn't. Um, I recently watched the uh, redone film. It's a French film, but it was redone by Kevin Hart, and the man's name escapes me. But anyway, it was called The Untouchables. And uh, Kevin Hart did really, really well in it. Like really well um it's essentially if you haven't seen the movie it's a film about a man who is uh disabled from the neck down um differently abled from the neck down i like to say differently abled um but he's a quadriplegic and uh kevin hart plays the role of this is based on a true story um where he has just gotten out of prison and gets hired on to essentially uh be a home assistant i forget what they call it but a home assistant to this man. He did a really good job. So I'm willing to give Tiffany Haddish a chance. I don't like it, but I'm willing to give Tiffany Haddish a chance. Just like uh, Cruella. I have not watched Cruella yet. Why? Because I really like Emma Stone. I really do. I don't think... I I don't think she should have been Cruella. And that's just my opinion. I think that... uh, What's her name? That uh, played uh, Harley Quinn. Um, I think that she would have been a perfect Cruella. Like, epitome of Cruella. I don't... I I don't understand why they didn't hire her to be Cruella. So... You know, it, it, I, these are these are my thoughts. 
these are my opinions. I I will give Tiffany Haddish a chance and see how she does and see how it goes. I, I, I'll give it a chance. That's that's really all I can do. Uh, that's gonna bother me. I'm gonna have to look up that actress's name because I, I can't remember it, but y'all know who I'm talking about. She played Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad and in the Harley Quinn movie. Um, I think she would have been a great Cruella. But anyway, I'll, Margot Robbie, that's her name. Um, anywho, so in other entertainment news, Tyler Perry is bringing back Medea. We thought that with Medea's family reunion, that was over and done with. Apparently it's not. Apparently Medea is coming to Netflix. I'm curious, are y'all gonna watch? I, I think I'm pretty much done with Medea. I actually didn't even watch Medea's family funeral, whatever it was called. But now there's a Medea homecoming. It's a film that's coming to Netflix. So I'm curious, are y'all gonna watch it? Let me know. I got so much more show coming up for you. Um, I'll cover the $100 sandwich in uh, the next top of the next part of the hour. So you don't want to miss that. I'll be right back. Follow Tiffany Linnell on social media at Tiff Linnell on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Welcome back to Tiffany Talks. Again, if you've missed any of the show today, be sure you check out the podcast on Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, rather, and Spotify Podcasts, where you can catch everything that you missed. Or if you have to miss anything in this second hour of the show, same place, go to the podcast, follow, subscribe, all the things so that you can get alerted to new episodes and don't miss any of the show. Anywho, so... (laughs) Disney has made a hundred dollar sandwich. No, you you literally cannot make this up. It is called a family size Pimnini sandwich and it costs $99.99. It comes in the uh, Disney California Adventures New Avengers Campus where you can quote refuel with Ant-Man and the Wasp size defying fare at the Pim Test Kitchen. It's a sandwich y'all. Just a sandwich. It has salami, rosemary ham, provolone, and sun-dried tomato spread on toasted focaccia with marinara dipping sauce, potato bites, and an arugula arugula salad. It serves six to eight guests and comes out to around $12.50 to $16.50 per person. For a sandwich, a sandwich, a sandwich. I'm going to tweet out, so make sure you're following me at Tiffanel. I'm going to tweet out the look at the sandwich, the exclusive first look at the sandwich, it's a sandwich. Like I'm not, it's just a sandwich. $100? That is a bit much. Um, (laughs) Some of the reactions are saying uh, 
this doesn't look great, sorry. Salami and ham for $100, no. Uh, someone else said that it should at least contain saffron or caviar or truffles. Now black truffles, I could understand if it contained black truffles. If you've never had the privilege of tasting black shaved black truffles or black truffles in a dish, oh my God. It, like it just will make your mouth water. Um, I'm, I, I'm, I posted a throwback picture this morning of a picture I took when I was in Croatia. Um, and I went to a restaurant in Croatia and they shake, first of all, much cheaper than over here. Definitely cheaper than a hundred dollar sandwich. Um, but they shaved, I had fresh pasta and they shaved, you know, they do different, they do things differently, especially food differently in Europe. They shaved black truffles, fresh black truffle on top of the pasta. Oh my God, y'all. That was a, like one of the best pasta dishes I've ever had in my life. I would pay a hundred dollars to feed four to five people off of that. It was worth it. I would not pay a hundred dollars for this. I, I, no, just no. There's nothing in me that says that this is worth a hundred dollars. It's a sandwich. It doesn't have anything special on it. It's just a sandwich. Um, if you don't want to drop $100, you can get the regular size version of the sandwich for $14.49. I still think that's a bit much for a sandwich, especially a regular salami and ham sandwich. I don't eat salami or ham, judge your mother. But maybe it's just me, I don't know. What do y'all think? Anywho, in more important news, Democratic Representative Val Demings of Orlando has thrown her hat in the ring to take Marco Rubio's spot. Au revoir, Marco Rubio. Time to go. The daughter of a maid and janitor was the first female chief of police in Orlando. She reduced crime by 40%, handled the airport division's response on 9-11. She served as uh, Trump's first impeachment trial impeachment manager and she was in the running uh, to be President Joe Biden's VP. Rubio is running for a third term as senator. He's received 45's endorsement but his seat is one of 10 likely to flip in the 2022 midterm elections. Republicans are trying to hold on to their Senate seats in these next uh, coming elections because we we did a lot of flipping, a lot of flipping the blue, and they are starting to lose their power. So kudos to Demings. I genuinely, sincerely, from a deep place in me, hope that she gets it. Uh, she did a post that said, I'm running for US Senate because I will never tire of standing up for what is right. Never tire of serving Florida, never tire of doing good. Uh, Republican, Republicans are claiming that she's a Nancy Pelosi puppet and a socialist. <laughs> oh, shut up. Like what? Where do y'all come up with this tired 
crap that y'all spew. I just don't understand. Uh, she, of course, has denied any socialist allegations. She uh, brought up Rubio's campaign flaws, criticized his vote against stimulus checks. Yes, he did that. Uh, COVID relief packages for schools and small businesses and assisting those on the front line. She wants to focus on police reform, which we need, um, and protecting voting and LGBTQIA plus rights and receiving equal pay for equal work. All things that are long overdue. You know, a lot of people just want to cut Florida off the United States. Um, I think that she can turn it around and I have faith in Val Demings. I don't even live in Florida, but I'm rooting for you, ma'am. I really am. Um, she said she will not, quote, fall back to tired talking points and backward solutions. Amen. Amen. Um, her opponents that she could face in the primaries include Miami Commissioner Ken Russell, uh, progressive candidate Joshua Will, and former Democratic House candidate Alan Ellison and former Democratic Representative Alan Grayson. Those elections are set to be November 8th, 2022. I really am rooting for her. Like, she is black woman here, her roar. I pray she gets in. I think this is an excellent, excellent, excellent. Did I mention excellent? Excellent step for her. In other news, I want to talk about Asshat Georgia really quick before I have to take another break. Y'all, are y'all praying for my state? I hope you're praying for my state because Brian Kemp is Satan adjacent. Um... I'm, there's actually no other way to say that. He is Satan adjacent. He's a terrible person. Uh, they have had a lot of changes to the federal pandemic unemployment, not just here in Georgia, but quite a few states have removed the supplemental federal um, funding that has been helping people get through the pandemic. Excuse me. Um, which has been needed. Like, yes, I know that there is some fraud. I know that people are misusing the funds. I know that not everybody is truthful and honest and, you know, using it to what they actually need to use it for, whatever. However, most people actually need it. Um, I'm going to give a couple of spoiler alerts. So if you are not caught up on Law & Order SVU, I apologize in advance. You may want to mute me for a minute. Um, it's a few episodes ago. So hopefully you've caught up to that. But a few episodes ago, uh, there were, and I'm going to talk about another story too later. So I'll warn you then. But a few episodes ago, um, there was an episode where a woman held up the restaurant that the city was trying to take from her or her landlord was trying to take from her because they were like really struggling during the pandemic. And in this episode, it, it really just broke my heart because that is the story of so many small businesses. Um, 
and so many people, so many people who were employing other people, not only did those who were employed by these small businesses suffer, but then the small businesses suffer. Like, and it's, it takes time to recover from that. There are 25 states that either have already or are planning to cancel the pandemic related unemployment benefits. I'm going to read what Georgia said uh, in their email. Uh, as far as the programs, as of June 27th, 2021, Georgia will no longer participate in the federal unemployment insurance programs enacted through the CARES Act and the American Rescue Plan Act. This includes PUA, Pandemic Unemployment Assistance, PEUC, Pandemic Emergency Unemployment Compensation, I think it is, FPUC, and MEUC. I don't remember what those acronyms are, just trust me on this. This means the last payable week for these programs will be week ending June 26, 2021, even if you have a remaining balance. All eligible payments under any of these programs after the program ends will continue to be processed and issued to qualified individuals. This applies to individuals whose eligibility is later determined and unemployment benefits are payable for weeks ending on or before June 26th. The following changes will become effective June 27th. Earnings. I'm going to summarize these next couple of parts. As far as earnings, you are only allowed to earn, it's being reduced from $300 to $150. So essentially, if you make more than $150 in a week, they're going to deduct dollar for dollar from your weekly entitlement amount. So let's say you're entitled to $350 per week. If you make $200 per week, they're going to deduct $50 from your or 350 allowance. So you'll only get $300 for that week. That's my understanding. If you're listening to this and you're like, no, that's not right, then go ahead and tell me. But that is my understanding of how, the math that they're doing. So they're reducing it from 300 to 150, literally halving the weekly earnings allowance. The weekly uh, eligibility requirements that were previously suspended that required you to be able to work, available to work, and actively seeking work, those are being reinstated. Okay, I get that, but it's not black and white. Like there are some gray areas. It says claimants must be able and available for work and actively seek employment for each week. Benefit payments are requested. You have to submit. So at least in Georgia, I don't know, you know, and this goes into the next part of the email that they sent out where you have to register for employment services in the state of residence to avoid an interruption, delay, or denial of benefits if found to be eligible. Uh, individuals who reside in the state of Georgia must register with Employ Georgia, including your social security number, create a resume, or upload a searchable resume. Additionally, individuals must submit three work search contacts for each week payments are requested. I get it. I do. This is not a black and white issue though. Different people for different reasons um, aren't able to meet these requirements all the time. Definitely not every week or you have to do certain things. Essentially, they're trying to say that the economy has recovered and there are plenty of jobs available. Even if you have to go flip burgers at Burger King, it's still a job, you should go get it. If I'm someone that has two master's degrees and a family of four to take care of, I can not go flip burgers at Burger King. It like that just 
which gets into the whole minimum wage conversation, equal pay for equal work, all of that, which again is a whole other family conversation. But this is just not a simple thing. The I know plenty of people who are actively seeking work, either not getting return phone calls, not hearing back from the employers, or uh, because the, the market is flooded with people of varying levels of education and experience and everything else, it is more difficult than you think it is. I don't know what statistics and numbers these states are looking at, but this is not okay. It, it's just not. I don't even know that there's anything that we can do to fight this. If you have suggestions, recommendations for different states, for people in different states who are getting rid of these benefits, please hit me up, tweet them to me, DM them to me so that I can talk about those on the show. Um, Cause I just think this is asinine. Uh, if you have a job that you are trying to hire for, send that to me too. And I'm happy to share that on the show and on all of my social media so that we can get those who uh, can work and are looking for work into work. Um, more show coming up for you. I've got your new segment coming up uh, at the end of the show. You don't want to miss that. And then the happy story to end the day off. So I'll be right back. Keep it locked. Follow Tiffany Linnell on social media at Tiff Linnell on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. All right, so I said I was going to introduce a new segment. It is time for that new segment. It is Throwback Thursday. So what does that mean? It means each Thursday, I'm gonna try and bring you an update on an old story or a throwback story. So here's today's. (laughs) One of y'all favorite Karens is suing her former employee. That's right. New York white woman, white woman, Amy Cooper, if you recall, she called 911 on bird watcher Christian Cooper in May 2020, uh, telling police that an quote African-American man was threatening the life of her dog, of her and her dog. Christian declared that he was just asking her to put her dog on a leash. And I just, whatever. So now, uh, well, after the incident, Amy's Karen's, uh, she, her employer, Franklin Templeton, fired her. Uh, they tweeted, following our internal review of the incident in Central Park yesterday, we have made the decision to terminate the employee involved. Effective immediately, we do not tolerate racism of any kind at Franklin Templeton. So Central Park Karen, AKA Amy Cooper, has filed a federal complaint alleging that Franklin Templeton's decision not to investigate the matter uh, thoroughly, like they said in in their tweet, added fuel to her Karen reputation and that the business chose not to obtain 911 transcripts, didn't review minutes from the board meetings uh, to say that, you know, whatever. They didn't interview witnesses, blah, 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 whatever. That's what they're, she's alleging. Franklin Templeton, her former employer, has called the assertions baseless and has announced that it would defend itself when the court date arrives. I actually don't have any more energy or capacity to even talk about this foolishness. Girl, have several seats, like several, and I mean several, several. 
seats. Uh, Franklin Templeton, y'all got this. I have faith in you that y'all will be all right. Uh, Cause I got nothing. In other news, a new, 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 a North Carolina high school principal surprised his graduates with an acapella of a classic song. Take a listen. who surprised the class of T. Wingate Andrews High School in High Point, North Carolina with this amazing acapella performance. Um, He told ABC News, of course there was a nervousness because nobody sings behind Whitney Houston and the greats like Dolly Parton, but the lyrics were really what I was trying to portray to my students. One of the things that the pandemic has really taught us is that we need more love, that students know that we love and care for them. Go ahead, black man. I ain't mad at you. I think that this is amazing. Um, If you don't know, he mentioned Dolly Parton because Dolly Parton actually wrote I Will Always Love You. So her version was the original version in 1974. And then Whitney Houston uh, redid the song, of course, for The Bodyguard. And it's a classic Whitney Houston. It topped the movie chart. It topped the charts for 14 weeks. Um, So that's why he mentioned Dolly Parton, in case you did not know that she actually wrote that song. The video has gone viral. I will also post that on my social media. Uh, So make sure you are following me. That's going to do it for me today. Um, If you missed any part of the show, again, go follow, subscribe, take a listen, Apple and Spotify podcasts. And you can always catch me uh, in the Boss FM app and on bossfm.com. On the talk channel, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. You want to keep it locked because Amita Nation is coming right up next. So I will holler at you tomorrow. My family will have some more family conversations. And... That's it. I've got some new music that is going to play here for you. Uh, Shortly to exit out the show, Tamala Mann released a new song called Help Me. I love it. Hopefully it does a little something for you in your day to day. So here's a new hit from Tamala Mann. Uh, Check it out. Don't forget, be safe, be blessed, and let God be God today. Have a good one. Agree? Disagree? Be heard. Record your feedback on today's show and email it to Tiffany Talks at bossfm.com. 
you may hear yourself on a future show. Follow Tiffany Linnell on social media at Tiff Linnell on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. The Tiffany Talks podcast powered by Boss FM.